What is up, friends and family? We've got another episode here of Hype is My Superpower. My name is Steve Storman. I'm one of your co-hosts in Brooklyn, New York. Joining me via the miracles of modern technology, it's my good buddy, Will Freeland. Will, how you doing, man? Good. I feel like because we both uh, watch Mr. Sunday movies so much, right. I feel like I am the mason <laughs> to, to your Mr. Sunday movies. Grab that, Jimmy Boys. Like, we'll see you next week. Right, I just throw in those little like zingers while you're trying to like be professional. <laughs> He's like trying to move the story on. I'm like, ah, but this tangent. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> Schedule. Well, uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to rush things. I don't want to push it hard. You know, we gotta we gotta develop some rapport. You know, we need banter. Yeah. The people need banter. Yeah, I mean, this is only our fourth episode. We don't have a um status quo yet Ooh, topical very topical (laughs) almost like you were prepped on the uh subject matter of the show uh we're gonna start things off a little different because hey it's episode four we don't know what we're doing yet we're gonna change it up every single Mm -hmm. time and uh will you've got a uh question of the week from from uh, one of our listeners and yeah that's exciting one, I know, right? that people we actually have listeners. Listen to what we say. <laughs> Two, that there are questions, <laughs> and we can exploit um, them for content. Mm-hmm. So last week we talked about House of X, Powers of X, and um, or po- sorry, Powers of Ten. Uh, <clears throat> Every time it gets me, I know, right? <laughs> and <laughs> we talked about the uh, Council of Twelve, the Quiet Council. Yeah, and so. She reached out and said, do mutants have types? Like, does Marvel talk about elementals versus psychic, etc.? You talk about the representative council on the mutant island, and it made me wonder how representation would happen since there's an infinite number of possible uh, powers. Interesting. Right. And uh, I never actually thought about that. But as I thought more about it, so I, I answered, I'll go into that in a second, but her approach to this council is very much how Atlanteans and vampires and Marvel kind of structure. Um, But in the sense of like Atlanteans have, and Inhumans really, Mm -hmm. have different like factions and each faction is known for like a specific trait. Right. And then it's the same with vampires and it's the same with Inhumans as of Hickman 2012. (laughs) But (laughs) um but it was a very, uh, I really liked her question. Unfortunately, that is not how the council is represented. It's not how the council is split up um, now. Yeah. And so I kind of broke it down. I was like, generally, there's four groups of three. There are the mutant leaders, which consists of Apocalypse. And that's and called, and they're, they're all named after different seasons, right? So that's the Summer House, which yes. is yeah. coincidentally the surname of one of the members <laughs> slash all right. of the members big old incestuous <laughs> pile of mutants over there oh my gosh yeah uh so there's like the mutant leaders there are there's the hellfire club which i feel like gives hellfire a bit too much representation because they have three members there <laughs> i mean they're they're big movers and shakers in the 80s and 90s okay yeah so yeah i didn't read much yeah, 80s and 90s. So that's good to know. Yeah, uh, that that justifies their their 25 percent position on the council. <laughs> um, and then there's 
bad guys and heroes. It's pretty right. villains and heroes. And it's I forget which season the, the rest of those are. <clears throat> yeah, it, I have not having read any Dawn of X, I don't think that's going to be important. <laughs> I think it will actually be important, but I wouldn't be surprised. It, it's Hickman. It's Hickman. <laughs> there are yeah. no wasted details. It's true. It's very true. Um, but yeah, you have your hero representation, which is uh, Miss Marvel or Marvel Girl or whatever Jean Grey goes by at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, Storm and Nightcrawler. Sure. And then you have your villains, which is represented by the leader of the Acolytes. I always forget his name. Exodus. Exodus. Oh, I read, villains. read an interesting... <laughs> uh, I, I didn't talk about it on the pod yet, but I read um, Exodus's uh, origin story a couple weeks back. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting, actually. It wasn't good, but it was interesting. Mm. Yeah, maybe... Maybe we can uh, do a deep dive on Exodus or or something like that. Because, like, so Exodus and the Acolytes and uh, Asteroid M and all that stuff is before my Marvel Mm -hmm. deep dive. But every time Exodus shows up, it's always with weight. (laughs) Like, it's always a big deal that he shows up. And I'm always just like, all right, fine. He's a big deal. He's a big deal. He was a big enough deal that he was a boss in an X-Men video game. (laughs) that's my frame of reference there you go yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it's 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 honestly not a bad rule like the rule of the adaptations right like Mm -hmm. if if a character was interesting enough to be adapted or you know thought to be memorable enough or important enough to to survive and and have a a certain type of weight in adapted media it's a good uh indicator of where they stand in the comics it's true it's very true one one uh one little teaser one little story bit about uh Exodus and his um origin story involves Dane Whitman the Black Knight. Oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah. Cuz Black Knight's going to be Let's go. I don't I don't want the throne. <laughs> it's Harrington. I don't want it. I do, I do know, know some, some things. things. I know I love you. I know you're an immortal. You love me. An eternal. I don't know what that means. I have to go now. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is my favorite. Uh, This this declaration of deep love for this woman that you're not supposed to love and you already took an oath of not loving. And he breaks the silence with, I have to go now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, that was great. Uh but yeah, you think so yeah. Not to get I was way just off. gonna say okay, yeah, please do. She, I was gonna get us way off topic. We we shouldn't. <laughs> right? This is <laughs> just gonna ask uh, if you think that Dane Whitman's gonna be like a a reasonably large character in the MCU after Eternals. Oh. Cause um he's kind of he was a mainstay of the Avengers through the 80s and 90s, it seems like. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. He feels like such a throwaway character. But, like, <laughs> his story specifically with the Ebony Blade is mm-hmm. very storied. Like, there's so much history behind the Ebony Blade and who wields it and who can't wield it. And, um, I think they could go places with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really going to come down to if people really want to see Kit Harrington in the MCU. Yeah. I mean, they got Kit Harrington. 
Yeah. What else is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> He's not doing anything. He doesn't want it. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah. (laughs) So um, I basically kind of broke down. It's villains, figureheads, heroes, and Hellfire Club. Arguably, there isn't really representation for like the Morlocks who arguably. That's a shame. I know, right? But like, so like the Morlocks are kind of the closest to like a group of mutants that are like identified as one title also like evil brotherhood and stuff like that apparently the morlocks were the result of the genetic experimentation of dark beast aoa hank mccoy really yeah that was one of the retcons that they pulled in after uh, age of apocalypse and uh the other one was that the genosian mutates were Mm. sugar man's work huh and so so the reason that um that Sinister did the mutant massacre is that it was too similar to his own work because uh, McCoy had learned from AOA Sinister mm-hmm. and Sinister's mm-hmm. like, there's something going on here that is <laughs> bordering on copyright infringement <laughs> <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was because great- it wasn't explained. It wasn't explained for decades, decades, mm-hmm. over a decade. Sing- decade singular and then a couple <laughs> of years after that anyway i thought that was very interesting i have one Absolutely. more i have one more uh addendum to add to the uh comment on types of mutants mm-hmm. so there have been attempts to to do sort of like types of mutants or subcategories before um they sucked and what you do in Marvel when something sucks is you forget about it and pretend it never happened and never reference it in a future story again. So like technically there was an attempt in, in X factor and Peter David's run on X factor in the two thousands that your mutant powers, your mutant traits are supposed to manifest when you hit puberty, but mutants who get, have them from birth are supposed to be changelings and that's different. Right. Yeah. And it sucked, so we all forgot it. And then the other one was um in Wolverine Origins, the big bad of that series, Romulus, had oh, this grand, right. you know, revelation that there was a subcategory of, of mutants called lupines and another called, I don't know, furry cat girls or something. Uh and it it sucked and we don't need to. We it don't need to pretend. Push the story along. It, it was yeah. really just because Wolverine and Sabretooth were so popular, and so they wanted to make more. That's a so really great like wild. Point. Was it Wild Child? Wild Child, it? yeah. Wild Child, and then and Feral was mm-hmm. was and Thorn into one of them. Thorn, Thorn, Decan, and X twenty three. Wolfsbane was in there for some children. reason. Yeah, just because she's animal listic right <laughs> so uh yeah so that sucked and we can pretend it didn't happen because it hasn't been used since and it's not interesting yeah it's <laughs> like it's like with it it should suffice that mutant abilities are random and it's yeah. totally fine for two mutants to have similar powers <laughs> totally yeah accident of birth you know anyway Thank you for the question. Uh, yeah, so that was from that was from Tara. So shout out to Tara. Thank you, Tara. Thank you for the question. And if anybody has, else has any questions in the future, we will be happy to spend 
15 minutes answering them. Hopefully not that long. <laughs> <laughs> we went on a little bit of a run there. All right, let's, uh, let's bring it on back to the stable. Okay, so we've got an agenda. We're going to talk about the things that we read this week. We are also, at the end of the show, going to talk about WandaVision taking the place of, uh, like last week when we talked about House of X Powers of 10. Uh, I did it right this time. Uh, <laughs> just as the thing that we both read this week or watched in this case. Uh, but we're going to do that at the end because we are spoiler sensitive and uh, we don't want to ruin anybody's good time. But we still want to let you listen to the rest of the show if, if you are so inclined. So, uh, yeah, let's start off with uh, comics we read this week. Will, sure. what'd you read? Me first? Oh, I just put a candy in. Um, all right, so <laughs> I finished, the first thing I finished off was Venom's crossover with Absolute Carnage. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, I love the spider books. Not <laughs> such a soft spot for them. Yeah. But um, it also involves the maker. Do you know that by name? Uh, not Forge. No. Different maker. Oh, different the maker. Because I was only in Ghost Box. It was but, it, it was his nickname in the 80s, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So the maker is Reed Richards from Ultimate Universe. Oh, okay. Okay, sure, sure. So Ultimate Reed... Big head boy. ...is not a good guy. <laughs> no. No, he's <laughs> he not. Is, uh, he's basically poorly written twist but they've gone with it in the ultimate universe it was revealed that he was basically the newest big bad Mm -hmm. um and because he's too smart to not be or something i don't know it wasn't written well basically his his turn from being the smartest hero to the smartest villain Mm -hmm. is told you're supposed to accept that it was gradual because of like three flashback conversations in the same issue oh. from different periods of his like life. And it's that's like, too bad. He, <laughs> I, I didn't see that, but I saw him as a villain and he was appropriately terrifying as a villain. Oh yeah. I yeah. can't even imagine any villainous Reed Richards. That's insane. <laughs> that is, that is one of the craziest ideas. Anyway, yeah. ultimate Reed is involved in absolute carnage. Um, we'll have to, we'll talk more in depth about, the storyline of Absolute Carnage, but it basically involves any character in the Marvel Universe, mainly 616, that has hosted a symbiote, right. has leftover symbiote DNA in their spine, Okay, and Carnage is going around and ripping everyone's spines out and taking those, that, those DNA them. markers. <laughs> Gotta love them uh, spines. Uh, Ultimate Reed is charged with creating a machine to remove that they call them codex to remove the codex uh without killing the host sure so this side story has to do with part of that and we also get to hang out with um this kid who he's introduced as his little brother and it turns out it's actually eddie's son that uh, his dad has raised in his in secrecy as his little brother because um eddie is such a screw-up that um he doesn't deserve to know that eddie's his father anyway so there's like a father story going on um and we come to find out in the end he has something going on um 
regarding Sapphires. Also, this is this this uh, has Sleeper in it. We talked about it last week. Yeah, the, uh, seventh, yeah, yeah. The seventh symbiote. Right. Um, so Sleeper's hanging out, and Sleeper can sort of function without a host. Um, and he takes on this dog form, um, <laughs> and he looks pretty cool. And <laughs> um, anyway, ridiculousness happens, and it's hilarious and amazing. And it ends with ultimate read developing this theory about how and why symbiotes reproduce okay um we'll have to go into that when we talk more just in depth about symbiotes but yeah you should uh you should take some time to to do the the full overview of of absolute carnage whenever you want to yeah so it ends with three major reveals (laughs) okay one is that new theory and it also he also ties it to to Eddie's son, uh, and why his son has abilities and he's not he hasn't been a host yet. Sure. Um, it also has Ultimate Reed bringing the Ultimate Venom symbiote to six one six. Uh oh. Um, and the Venom symbiote in Ultimate is a synthetic. That that storyline was built in a lab. It was built by Eddie's dad and Peter's dad um, as an experimental thing to try to cure cancer and stuff. Mm. Um, It's like a suit that you wear and it heals all of your ailments and then you take it off kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, But anyway, he is doing that in hopes of restoring and rebuilding his ultimate uh, world, Mm -hmm. uh, his ultimate dimension. And he's doing it with the supervision of the Council of Reeds. No. Yeah. They're back. Oh, I'm so excited. Fuck. Oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> uh, and so we're going to have to talk about the Council of Reeds at some point, but I'm give, give, so give excited. It quick, give it the quick one once over. Council tell of the, Reeds. Tell the people. Okay, so, so everyone who knows Fantastic Four or, or Marvel to any degree knows Mr. Fantastic. They know Reed Richards is incredibly smart, sometimes arguably the most intelligent person in, in Marvel. Yep. And uh, he is obsessed with fixing everything, saving the world, saving the universe, saving time, all that good stuff. And he discovers, um, our, our Reed, 616 Reed, discovers this pocket dimension populated by a crap ton of Reed Richardses, and they're all the Reed Richardses of all different realities that have all come together and be mm-hmm. like, let's save everything. And so they have this calculated approach, scientific approach to saving worlds, saving star systems, saving realities. Like that's just their thing. And they have this pocket dimension where they all meet and they they are on a council. It's called the Council of Reeds. When we're first introduced to it, there's three main reeds. And those three reeds from their timelines have the Infinity Gauntlet and their six <laughs> Infinity Stones. And Just um, casually. Real just cash. Chilling. Well, so that's the other thing about the Infinity Stones. They only work in their dimension. So having it in this pocket dimension literally just ex- is like a flex on the rest of the <laughs> To be like, bro, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I've got my Infinity Gauntlet and the stones. Damn. Step up. So so, um, so the Council of Reeds is just always a thing. And anytime they're involved, it is just, it's, it's, it's mind-bending, <laughs> science-y, big, p- bigger than anything you can think of picture 
perspectives on stuff and i can't wait and i'm so excited that the council reads are still around and that ultimate read is like guys like let me in let me (laughs) into this council come on let me do this oh it's so great it's so great so i was super excited about the end of this one ghost spider was kind of just here and there not a big deal she is this is volume one ghost spider dog days are over mm-hmm. she is uh coming up she's from earth 65 uh right. this is uh, uh gwen, gwen. stacy yeah. in her earth she becomes spider woman in her earth peter parker becomes a lizard and he dies and that's what right. inspires her to become a hero blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. she's out and public in 65 oh interesting. she wants to go to college and so she's coming over to 616 to go oh. to college at esu interesting um so fun thing about ESU because it's always used, right? Uh, <laughs> Tony Stark set up a scholarship fund for people not from Earth, <laughs> not from six one six Earth, uh, that okay. want to go to school there. So like aliens, uh, um, clones, also sometimes people from alternate realities, alternate uh-huh. dimensions. They have spe- a special scholarship for people uh, in those situations. Good guy, so, Tony. Right. And Peter Parker is a TA for Doc Connors at ESU. And so he uh, helps Gwen. It's just like, hey, there's a scholarship. Go and get it. And uh, mm-hmm. so you can start attending. And then, of course, because it's Gwen Stacy, Jackal's involved. Sure. Um, both 616 Miles Warren and 65 Miles Warren are in it. And it's it's moving her story along. It's not the most compelling thing. There is one concept in here that I want to touch on in a second because i think it's a great conversation piece okay um but uh just gonna touch real quick i also started on friendly neighborhood spider-man volume two hostile takeovers um i am two-thirds of the way through it i have three issues left it was an eight issue book and it's a lot of fun because one because it's spider-man but two it's just so well written it looks like it's going to cover two stories so Issues 7 through 10 was dealing with this GoFundMe site that is being run by this guy who gets more powerful off of human misery. Oh, shit. So he... So this is like the the whole, like, (laughs) you know commentary that you see on social media like oh gofundme has become our healthcare system we don't need exactly. social <laughs> instead of socialized right. medicine we have begging in the streets of yeah the internet. yeah interesting um right and this guy turns out way back when ran one of the internment camps for that the japanese were locked into in america yeah um and uh, last volume, we met this woman named Rumor. She is um, she is a uh, first generation uh, Japanese girl, mm-hmm. and she uh, went to the camps and hid her powers because she needed to keep an eye on uh, the people there. She uh, she fought with Cap in World War II, and then um, when Pearl Harbor happened cap requested to go and talk to her and like be the one to take her away kind of thing and yeah it was it was, it was an interesting uh little story bit there uh but then uh issue 11 and this is why i love spider-man so much issue 11 was just an issue on mary jane and peter parker nice and how they are how they support each other and how they're there for each other 
and how much they've grown with each other and individually uh, in the like 50 years that they've both existed in right. comics. That's um, so cool. Yeah. And, and so few other uh, solo titles do that. Mm-hmm. You spend time on the human the relationship the superhero yeah um and i feel like that's always been this unique thing about spider-man is like he has his rogues gallery and he has his superhero like um team up roster but both of those rosters also just some regular ass smaller. people smaller but yeah so both of those <laughs> rosters are almost smaller in length than the people in Peter Parker's life. Totally. And that is really cool. And Tony and Steve, well, Steve Rogers, I mean, everyone in his life is dead because he's, (laughs) (laughs) but like, (laughs) but like Iron Man doesn't have that. Thor doesn't have that. Thor is a god, so I get it. But like, no one else has that kind of um, groundedness. And so I just love it so much. Yeah. Um, That is awesome. So, this was a great week and I love reading spider stories. Um, and it's just so much fun. But so do you want to do the conversation topic or you want to go into what he's doing? I, I, I do, but I, I have a question for you real quick. Sure. Um, this, this might be way too heavy of a, a podcast topic. I hate to spring it on you like this, but it just popped into my head. So we can edit this <laughs> whole thing out if you want. Uh-huh. Uh, was your family interned? In the ah, case? great question. So, yeah. no, because okay. the range didn't reach where my family lived. Okay. Uh, so, for, for people who don't know, my mother's side is Japanese. Yeah. And uh, my mom was born in Salt Lake City. Right. And the internment camp zone stuff didn't reach as far as Utah. Okay. Like, uh, so my, my grandparents' farm was just outside of that reach. Okay. Cause so I did not go to camp. It, it never occurred to me to think or ask before. Uh, and then yeah. I was, I was reading my, uh, my friend, uh, Tracy, she, uh, wrote a novel, which won a bunch of awards and like got nominated for the national book award in, in young adult oh, yeah. literature. Yeah. It's incredible. She's so good. Uh, but she wrote a novel about Japanese internment. And characters get transferred to a camp in Utah. Oh, wow. And I was like, that was the first time that I was like, oh, shit. Was Will's family interned? I'd Mm. never, I'd never even thought about it before. So I am, my current education is that. Yeah. They lived in Utah and they were not hit. Okay. But I haven't talked about it with my mom in about 20 years. Sure. So I, I mean, I'm, I am legitimately curious, but I don't think yeah. okay. I'm under the impression that no, we were not in the camps. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for going into that with me. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, so, so let's go to the conversation topic. topic. Let's do it. Okay. So in Ghost Spider, also this gets talked about in Invincible or mentioned in Invincible. It's an image title Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, <laughs> but she talks about how she mentions it like she being Gwen mentions like three or four different times throughout these five issues that nobody looks up in New York. Uh, New York is New York is full of superheroes, but nobody looks up. mm -hmm. And I think, I feel like that's because every single issue and every single month and year, 
we're still trying to make this a reflection of our New York and our yeah. America. Yeah. But I feel sure. like in actual New York with hundred, literally hundreds of <laughs> citizens who are superheroes. Right. People look up all the damn time. You start to figure it out. Yeah. You'd be like, and oh, like <laughs> in the 20 ish years of comics I've read every once in a while, there'll be an issue like a side story where someone traveled to New York because they wanted to see a superhero. Yeah. Or like a side character Uh wanted to take a vacation in New York because they wanted to see Thor fly by. Yeah, totally. And then sometimes you have like intro origin stories of someone before they became a hero and they see a heroic act and then they get this hero complex and then they get powers and that's why they want to be a superhero. Right. Like they address that their lives are filled with heroes but because they're trying, I feel like because they're still trying to reflect our world, mm-hmm. nobody looks up. Yeah. And ever yeah. since I read that in Invincible a couple yeah. years ago, I look up all the time. <laughs> I don't even I don't even live in a world. Man, we need to get you, we need to get you to New York, man. When this <laughs> right? when the when uh, the lockdown's over, you need to come visit. Dude, I look up all the time. And it's literally because of those conversations. Yeah. Um, just like that's powered amazing. people being like, well, nobody looks up, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I look up. <laughs> I matter. <laughs> but like, so it's it's really just kind of like, do you feel like people keep on saying that because we're trying to we're still trying to reflect our New York? Or do you think that even in a world of superheroes, people wouldn't be looking up? No, I think you've got it right. You've you I mean and it's the it's the the balance that they always have to strike between writing relatable uh, stories and keeping being naturalistic within the continuity that they've developed, you know, like mm-hmm. it's it, both, both are very rewarding in their own way. And, but they lead to different kind different paths of superhero of storytelling. Yeah. And it's, it's like the fact that, two different publishers and two different stories yeah. have brought up that nobody looks up. I'm like, but it made me actually question. I was like, but wouldn't they? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and if people it. were always looking up, that would explain how nobody could think, nobody knew that there was a giant hole in Hell's Kitchen in Daredevil on Netflix. <laughs> They're all looking up. They're not looking down, this, a, down a gigantic yeah. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> always looking up in New York. No one ever right? looks down in New York. Exactly. Well, so because like, because <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I feel like, you know, in Marvel, New York, there's almost every year there's a helicarrier hanging out uh, mm. like over by Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Or like just I would notice a Hulk flying every single every single fight that happens they repair they rebuild so fast. So fast. <laughs> like I've 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 seen construction. It it's not it takes a minute. <laughs> <laughs> New York is the city of scaffolding. It's always a right it's just it's so strange to me. Yeah. But anyway, yeah I just thought it was it was an interesting topic of just like do you think do you think people would not look up because yeah like for a normal <laughs> person a normal citizen like somebody flying let yeah. alone swinging through the air or that would that would grab your attention sky, that seems so amazing and do you know how many like shadows 
would just be above you all the time. <laughs> Tell Literally, me. is it a bird? Is it a plane? Like exactly. Oh, fuck it. Right. Got the three ten from Laguardia. No, wait, that's that's Thor. Tell me, a pigeon doesn't fly over you, and the shadow crosses your face, and you freak out. <laughs> like that's happening all the time in the, in in Marvel in New York. Yeah, I feel like people should always be looking up. Absolutely. Oh, that's, <laughs> no, that's, you. That's, that's <laughs> I think you've got the right side of it. I, I think, yeah, we need to, to retcon in. Need to to get you in on editorial, get you a story of nobody looks down Almost at citizens need to start looking up, man. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else uh, from the things that you've read this this week? No, that's it. I'm, or... I'm just excited. I'm going to finish Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man and then I'm going to hop into Conan and then there's some other stuff. After I don't know what it is immediately. <laughs> nice. So I've got notes. <laughs> Sorry. As much as I so like okay. So as much as I love superhero comics, I, I, I just keep finding myself coming back to trying to elaborate why I think reading them the way I am might be bad for me. <laughs> oh. And uh, interesting that you came across uh, that you were talking about Venom this week because I also had a Venom story. Venom and Wolverine Tooth and Claw miniseries. And that is, if I would go so far as to coin a new term, an example of what I would call abusive continuity. Hmm. So okay. rem- remember last week when, uh, when, I, uh, when I was complimenting Larry Hama in his run on Wolverine for just like his absolutely insane approach to continuity, where he's just like, ah, I'm doing the storyline and like, you know, uh, Oh, I left these plot threads dangling. Eh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> so this is kind of like the dark side of that. So this story, it opens on Venom walking into a dark alley and being swallowed up by Dirtnap. You know who Dirtnap is? No. Okay. Neither neither does anybody else. It's fine. Dirtnap <laughs> is one of the dark riders, one of Apocalypse's minions. Um, but... A lesser one. <laughs> much, much, much lesser. <laughs> he's a rat with a smiley face on his butt. And he's appeared to this to this point, he had appeared and his power is so he's not normally a rat. He's like a parasitic uh entity that swallows beings and then can like take their form and their powers and so on. Okay. And then whatever, like if he swallows a human, they get like a smiley face on their t-shirt or whatever. Um, but to, to this point, he had, in, he had appeared in three issues of Wolverine and he hadn't appeared for about a year of real world publication time. So, okay. So that's the first scene. And then the next scene is, uh, a former symbiote host, a eh? Donna uh-huh. Diego, a eh? AKA scream. Uh-huh. And she's running down a, a subway tunnel looking for phage, a third symbiote who's never addressed <laughs> again in the whole series. That's fine whatever i don't know if donna is no she does okay yeah yeah she's continues to be a part of it i just read this and i already forgot uh and then next scene there's a couple of skateboarders just like skateboarding kids who apparently venom had befriended in a previous venom miniseries and they get swallowed by a shape-changing spaceship slash metal football thing and they're just kind of stuck inside of it for the whole series until they can 
deus ex machina out of it to anyway and then an agent of landau luckman and lake shows up takes them all through an interdimensional door we learned that the whole plot was masterminded by an interdimensional pirate named chimera who had previously appeared in two issues of wolverine so none of these characters are introduced in this story except for a little editorial box telling you when they last showed up like as seen Ah, in you know you read this and blah 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 and it's like so this isn't a story this isn't a new story right they none of these plot threads have anything to do with each other except that they were all written by larry hama larry (laughs) hama writes the wolverine series and he wrote the last venom mini so, it, like, at one point, after they step through the dimension door, these plasma ray things show up, and there's an editorial box that says, remember these guys from Wolverine 57? And I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, I, I just want to go back to, like, why you would have a Venom Wolverine team up in the first place. So, it's the 90s, right? There are two... Very popular characters, peak of their popularities. Presumably, like you would want to combine readers of Wolverine series with fans of Venom, you know, maybe get them on track with each other's books going forward. Or maybe, you know, people who hadn't read either and they're like, oh, these are two cool characters. They're teamed up. You want it at least to be. You want it to be accessible to at least, at the very least, fans who only read one of their two titles. Right. Because, again, besides them both being popular characters, there's nothing, like, out of the gate that ties the two together. Like, if you're reading all the X books or you're reading all the Spider books, like, you know, you might not be reading all the X and the Spider book. Anyway. Anyway. Instead, it's just a dump site for tangling plot threads from one writer who didn't know how to deal with them and it's like i like hama you know i (laughs) I like the landau luckman and lake sort of like uh i don't like the subplot because nobody knows what they're doing but i love the concept like interdimensional law firm and holding company so up my alley absolutely (laughs) right (laughs) and then like chimera is an awesome villain. She showed up again uh, as part of the sisterhood, by the way. She's got the green swirly uh, imagination creatures. But in this, uh. she's wearing a bondage mask and she uh, she makes a little mouth with her hand and then she, and she talks to it and then she makes a silly voice to have it talk back to her. <laughs> it's so insane. <laughs> it totally works. <laughs> I love it. It's <laughs> just to have a character who's just that clearly out of her goddamn head um but do it in do it do it in the character's own books don't yeah 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 these days the whole like play into their popularity thing is whenever whenever a movie is coming out Mm -hmm. they'll do like six one shots of, (laughs) um, of the title character sure and they're all 616 so i have to get them all so, like, i'll just have <laughs> i'll just have like a month of only reading thor or only reading cat sure. it's like <sighs> exhausting sometimes yeah <laughs> like they have nothing abusive to do you might say going on <laughs> it is kind of abusive it's abusive continuity man <laughs> so anyway 
Glad I got that out of my system. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Best thing that I read this week. Um, I read a few good things this week. I read um, uh, Logan Shadow Society. It's a sort of a special, like a, you know, one shot. And it was a story about Wolverine before Team X, after Team X, but before Weapon X. <laughs> so mm. Team X is his spy group with uh, Maverick and Creed. But before he gets the claw, you know, the adamantium and everything. So he's working as a member of the Canadian Secret Service. Um, along and he's teamed up with Carol Danvers, uh, and they are infiltrating the health, the Hellfire Club. The Hellfire Club, uh, hired Sabretooth to kill witnesses, uh, who know about the existence of mutants. It was a good story, I liked it. And at the end of it, the Hellfire Club is about to get away with the whole thing because, like, Logan's like, no, like, if we start ringing the, the alarm bell on mutants, like, you know, it's just gonna. People are going to start to get freaked out. There's going to be hatreds, tempers, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so he doesn't, he doesn't pursue any like uh, charges or any, you know, uh, follow up with the Hellfire Club. And Carol's like, there's got to be something. There's got to be some way. I'll talk to, there's a politician out, you know, a new uh, junior senator by the name of Kelly. I'll go talk to him. So oh. did did she spur Senator Kelly's anti-mutant career inadvertently? Yeah. That's Interest- super interesting. Interesting little angle. I also read a, a good uh good short arc on um X-Men. I'll get to that in a sec. Best thing I read this week was uh Deadpool number one, one of our favorites as kids. The one the one that you like memorize all of his quotes on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just really memorize the you too, man. Well, both of us because you can i i only learned it out of osmosis i never actually <laughs> read that article i mean oh, that is really seriously oh no, yeah oh point, no there is no point which is my point exactly yeah first thing i do keanu is grab yeah, first thing i do keanu yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah. only know those two references because you said it 85 times in one weekend oh, i'm so sorry <laughs> well hey man it i i wasn't expecting it to hold because like those are some pretty you know like you're you're 10 years old and you know silly quotes so random right like, oh yeah absolutely i wasn't expecting it to hold up as well as it did it's a really good issue of comics especially a really good issue number one and i'm mm. i i love reading a good issue number one because you know it's it's hard to do as as a comics creator you know and being uh being in the indie world and not working off of continuity i have to start a lot of things and it's good to to read and learn how it's done well and this issue it just you know it establishes all of the characters and quick you know sort of pithy little moments blind owl weasel dispatch patch guy and t-ray and his alcoholic friend jerry and just like Everybody kind of shows up and has their moment and moves the story along uh, without being kind of like distracting. It introduces sort of a, a larger conflict for the whole book, which is, you know, Deadpool kind of feels like he's gotten short shrift from the entire world around him. But Landau Luckman and Lake is trying to manipulate him into becoming a hero and just sort of like the the what he owes to the world versus what he feels like he's been robbed of. And it also, you know, just delivers a a nice, succinct, self-contained action story. 
of him starting and then stopping a gigantic nuclear disaster in Antarctica. And, and it establishes a great tone or a voice for, for uh, Deadpool in the comic himself. It, it kind of teases the whole talking to the narration captions thing. Because mm-hmm. it starts out with him with narration captions. And then the the guys that he's hunting are like, do you hear something? Do you hear him talking? <laughs> it turns out he was saying all his narration out loud. Oh, and it, cool. it switches switches into regular dialogue balloons. But anyway. That's fun. Yeah. And just very, very good issue of comics. I enjoyed it quite a bit. All right. I've got... I'm not going to go full on in, in uh, status quos this week. Okay. I know I teased it. I know I talked about it. <laughs> we did a throw forward and now I, I can't, I can't hit the pit. I'll say one thing. Uh, I've talked about this a, a couple times, but right now the, the line wide, you know, X title wide uh, status quo is the rise of Bastion, uh, which like I kind of said was done. It, you know, they started it before onslaught, really set up Bastion better than Onslaught before Onslaught. And now they're still doing that. And kind of uh, the lead up to Operation Zero Tolerance as anti-mutant hysteria hits fever pitch, you know, Great and Creed's assassination, uh, presidential run and then assassination and so on. So Bastion has already created this multinational agency to police mutants called Operation Zero Tolerance. So it already exists. It's already happening. He just hasn't arrested the X-Men yet, basically. And it's slowly getting more involved as everyone watched, you know, all the Avengers and Fantastic Four walk into a giant psionic cloud and then get shot in the back by the X-Men at the conclusion of the Onslaught story arc. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave the rest of my status quo notes for, for next issue. Because in part, because um, a few of the uh, titles... I don't really have a good sense of the status quo. They just changed, right? Mm. Cable, X-Force, and Excalibur uh, all changed creative teams like just at this point of my reading. And I just haven't gotten a sense for what the new teams are trying to do. They might be totally listless. There may be no status quo to report on. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll see. Okay. I mean, I can do it if you want. Yeah, but we still got to talk about WandaVision. We do have to talk about WandaVision. Let's talk about WandaVision. Cool. Spoilers. Spoilers. Everyone, this is the spoiler if time. If you haven't watched episode nine of WandaVision. Don't, don't listen see. to more of this comic. And you don't, want, this and you don't want spoilers. You don't want Go spoilers. You don't want spoilers one way or the other. Clock don't, out. Make, don't make Will upset. If Will uh, knew dude. that he spoiled anybody, <laughs> whether they wanted it or not. I am so anti-spoilers. Guys, you'd be, guys, you'd, you'd if you hurt. haven't watched WandaVision <laughs> episode nine, please stop listening. Go, go, I appreciate go, you go borrow, here. go borrow Will's account login. <laughs> 3V, Sorry. Will's, Will's wife's account login. Tara, Carlos, all three people I know have listened to this podcast. If you haven't <laughs> watched WandaVision, stop. Stop now. I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. Anyway. WandaVision. WandaVision. Let's do it. Now that we've scared everybody away. Yes. (sighs) Well, it's over. It's done. First first, uh, foray into Disney Plus 
TV Marvel style TV. storytelling. First impressions, anything you want, anything you want to start on? First impression of the last episode, I guess I'm kind of in the middle. Um, the first half of the episode, I was like, I was leaning forward. I was super into it. I was here for it. I was like, I was trying to figure out what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. White Vision shows up. Like, it's just all these things are going down. Yeah. And I was kind of losing my mind. Um, the the uh, the Tetris effect on <laughs> um, on Vision and Billy and Tommy. Uh, yeah. The most beautiful throwback to House of M. And it right. Was amazing. Yeah. But uh, as things were concluding, I was kind of just, at this point, I was just along for the ride. I wasn't like... Mm-hmm uh i was i didn't feel as invested as i thought i was going to sure like being able to just say that wanda can as the scarlet witch she can basically cast spells without knowing the uh incantation form and stuff right and so like her the the twist of her doing the runes on the hex was like i guess interesting enough um yeah it's not what i thought was going to happen I thought when she was deliberately, because it was clear she was missing on purpose. Um, <laughs> I thought she was going to change the dome to make it so she's the only one that couldn't go outside. The, oh, uh, to make to make Agatha the only one that couldn't go out. Oh, sure. And that's not what happens. I was like, oh, okay. right. But like her doing the giant hexes was just like well, that's okay because she yeah. <laughs> she did different runes than the runes that were in Agatha's basement. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how do you know what those runes look like? Sure. But, but whatever. She's, she's yeah. a Scarlet Witch. She can just do sure. whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. Um, I did also notice that is a different Darkhold than the Darkhold from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Further but... arguing that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was like MCU adjacent. Right. <laughs> um, first two seasons of Agents was very MCU centric Mm -hmm. but they started to really just do their own thing and it's hard to do an agents of shield when in the first season mcu decided to get rid of shield (laughs) (laughs) so i get it (laughs) but strangely that's when the show hit its stride yeah for the most part absolutely um it fell off in like season five um (laughs) Season six was better. Season seven was a good end, I think. Yeah, I only watched um, through through season three. I think I watched a couple episodes of season four. So there's there is potential that because season seven actually ended with sword. Mm. So if it's the mm. same sword, that would be very interesting. Okay. Interesting. But we'll see. We'll see. Is it also sentient weapon? sword no they didn't um i think we only ever saw the logo oh yeah i love how marvel deals with acronyms oh my god (laughs) and that that's the other thing is like so but it was it was um the cut for sword was space-based and so it was very heavily implied that sword was going to be sentient world yeah and then having mcu Disney Plus sword being sentient weapon. Nah, we'll see. There, there, sure. There's, but then with the mid credit scene with the reference to, I assume Nick Fury, right? Then and him being in space, is right. he on sword? 
is that like a different sword? Mm. Like, who knows? Yeah, who knows? No, no one the fuck knows. But uh, Ralph Boner was a boring reveal. Yeah. Um, I want to get I want to get into that in depth. Okay, I really like the Scarlet Witch outfit. I like her mm-hmm. crown thing. It looked really mm-hmm. cool. It was awesome yeah. design. And I was kind of disappointed in Vision's uh, goodbye. I really felt like, like I liked that they were able to finally have a moment. I liked that they that Wanda actually had a chance to say goodbye. Yeah, because this is the third time he's dying. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I really thought that fake Vision or Hex Vision would have mm-hmm. been like I unlocked my memories in in Sword Vision. He's probably feeling lost. Go find, find him. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't. Mm. <laughs> and so like I just I really wanted that to happen. I really wanted him to like as my like legacy go and find other vision. Right. Help him. Sure. Like, give give her mm. give give Wanda this mission. Yeah. Beyond this hex. Sure. That makes sense. But yeah, they didn't. But whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Um yeah, so uh what about you? What do you feel? How'd you feel? I I mean I think after episode eight, I got the strong impression that episode nine was going to be kind of a letdown for the whole series. Like it letdown isn't the right word. It was going to be, it was going to smooth it all out. Right. It was because mm-hmm. we we've gone through the reveal that, okay, the, you know, the, the sitcom setup, you know, that was, um, all a um, a fiction and you know all of this weird stuff as they slowly start to explain it like that's kind of the problem <laughs> that's the rough part about explaining things is that then you understand them yeah. <laughs> yeah. which like you know i enjoyed it while it lasted i'm not going to begrudge any of that like i i think it was done well i think that it was explained well i enjoyed both sides of it it ends that's fine it goes into sort of a, a pretty straightforward superhero battle fine you know that's what it is and and you know i i enjoyed i enjoyed the way that they were able to recenter the show about being about about wanda's trauma and grief and recovery Mm -hmm. or is she recovering post-credit scene would make you think that (laughs) something else is going on but um yeah i i liked i liked the way that that it sort of refocused what the what the whole show was all about i I thought that was true i thought that was really well done yeah yeah Uh, to to your point i think as the weeks were going on there was a lot of like internet pressure of okay this is and i said this even out loud a few times of like this is their chance to show where phase four is going to go. Mm. This is, this is the, like far from home was too, too closely tied to end game. Yeah. WandaVision is now going to show us, it's going to showcase where the universe is going to go next. I think they're and not going to do it that so much. Yeah. No, this was all in my head. Sure. And, from like comments of like random things here and there. Sure, yeah. And I was so like that's what I was freaking out about. Like with the episode five reveal of of Quicksilver and yep. 
and showing how powerful Wanda is and can be. And she can pull from other realities and other dimensions and all this shit. And so like, I was spiraling outward <laughs> in these like, oh my gosh, WandaVision is so important. It's going to show so much. And yeah. to your point, especially with episode eight, where we go into like kind of a lot of Wanda's past it, focusing it into and making the entire story about just Wanda and how she has chosen to grieve and yeah. process what she's gone through over the last five MCU years. Yeah. And if you include the blip, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. I, I really liked that. Mm-hmm. And I, it makes me feel bad for claiming it was going to be so much more Mm. than what i wanted it to be initially but but what it should have been and what it actually is sure so much more focused i really like that absolutely yeah and yeah it it seems like we're kind of leading into it so let's get into it mutants Mm -hmm. quicksilver How, how did that whole thing leave you feeling by the end of it i feel like (laughs) <laughs> um monica could have knocked him out at any point okay. <laughs> um, sure yes true ralph i feel like okay so, so i feel like there's there's two subjects there's the mutant subject and there's the actor that they chose to play ralph as that's a good point PFL that's a really subject. good point which which one so, do you want to hit first? Choosing, I, I was going to go into like choosing Ralph. Yeah, let's do that first. Let's story. do that first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His story makes so little sense. Yes, and I feel like they're they they missed something or they omitted something in post. Yes, but like just casually be like, oh, his name's Ralph Boner. And he's like <laughs> Boner, but like. <laughs> But like the fact that Ralph is the name that Agatha's been Agatha's, dropping, yeah, the entire season, right? And that just to have that be the payoff for it, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. No, and you know, alternate universes, alternate Earths, there's going to be that actor in every single right. fine, right. fine, right? The fact that he's in Westview, okay, whatever, in like yeah. Jersey or whatever, sure, okay, but like. Agatha is such a scheming woman and has shown to be such a scheming woman for 400 years. Yeah. I feel like there's something missing from that plot line. Yeah. Like there's got to be more to Ralph than just boner. Yeah. Like that's his last line. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's introduced as this, fucking recast of her brother Pietro mm-hmm. and then he's shown as interrogative and being like why did you bring me back yeah. how did you get here what are you yeah. doing and then having him be the reveal that he's working with Agatha and like that's this huge build up and then totally also Agatha's agree. like yeah I made him up and then yeah. and then the next episode she didn't make him up he's the resident of this house and and he like what personality did he have before this or is right. the boner his actual personality like right. there's just i i feel like there's so much missing yeah from that 
line. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And then the uh, plot point of mutants coming to them. So you clearly that's not happening in one division. <laughs> in my opinion, thank God. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So I talked with Stu about um, how I think it was after like episode, it must have been after episode five. Yeah. But like Wanda was going to explode her hex out across the world and that's how I was going to introduce mutants. Oh, um, okay. And I, Would she I have retconned like herself that. into being a mutant too? Well, I don't know. Yeah. But so like, I didn't like that because that meant that Monica was going to be a mutant. And I oh. really wanted, I really wanted Monica to be her okay. empowered individual. Yeah. So that did happen. So I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, mutants, it's got to happen somehow. And I really, really, really don't want it to be, an Inhumans thing where they've always been around. Oh, I want it to be an Inhumans thing when they've always been around. I just, I it's like, I because they just tried that. Well, not very hard. They I did mean, not either. try very hard at all, did they? I will. Okay, so <laughs> in, in, even just in MCU, there's two Inhumans. There's the royal family and humans are on the blue blue side of the moon. They came right. to Hawaii and and didn't know how to function. That right. was terrible. <laughs> that was not well done. <laughs> but then there's also the Inhumans who have always been on Earth and they, the Agents of Shield. And, yeah, the, yeah. The, the the Agents of Shield Inhumans that was done pretty mostly effectively. Sure, but like that was like a three season buildup. Yeah, and. I feel like they always knew they were going to do Inhumans. Right. Uh, with with Daisy. Right. MCU didn't always know they were going to do Mutants. And yeah. like to... I, I'm, I'm more okay with retconning anything before 2002 or 2001 or whatever. Or mm-hmm. 2000... Whenever... Fuck, no, Iron Man came out way later. I don't know, it was 2007? So like anything pre-Iron Man... But then, like, we've been given so much, there's been so many events that affect the world to tell me that the mutants never wanted to get involved. Mm. Bothersome. Yeah. That's how I felt about the ancient one. And then in Endgame, they have her actually defending uh, New York in her little neighborhood. Yeah. That's why I was like, okay, that that checks out. Sure. But, like, unless they do that... With the X-Men somehow, or right. in general, I just, I don't see, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. slash HYDRA has a list of powered individuals, mutants were not on them. Yeah. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is all invasive. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so hard to be like, oh yeah, mutants have always been a thing, when we've been given so much insight into the world of the MCU, mm-hmm. to not even have a hint of that. It's. I'm gonna. I will expect more sure. from that than an origin story. I. I mean. So the reason I don't want there to be a cause for mutants in the style of you know Wanda expanding her hex around the world, or like they did in Ultimate, where they were you know created or whatever. I feel like that takes away from the the idea that a mutant is just who you are you know it's just an accident of birth it is just like it is a mutation of you know a naturally occurring mutation of of the human genome um so i 
do do mutants only just now start popping up in the MCU or or have they maybe been hidden and also barred from interfering by Professor X's psychic powers up to this point? You know, who knows? Mm -hmm. But I'm mostly glad that they didn't try and shoehorn. Well, (laughs) I'm glad they didn't do this the, the way that they were faking like they were going to through WandaVision. One, because you would have to be like, anytime a mutant appeared in, a, in another show or movie, they'd have to be like, oh yeah, it's a mutant. Because remember that time when in the show, when Wanda did the thing, and nobody wants to hear about this shit. Um, and second of all, because if you're going to bring in mutants by backdooring in the Fox verse, then you're stuck with the Fox verse. <laughs> I get that like we all saw 14 X-Men movies from the Fox first and only five of them were like worth watching. And (laughs) most of them are 20 years old now. Yeah, exactly. And they had their own just garbage pile of, of, of continuity over there. The, I get that. Like we saw all these movies, even the bad ones, and we want them to mean something (laughs) dear God. (laughs) But like, yeah, let, let it rest. Pour some dirt on it. Start over fresh. Do it. Do it right. Do it the MCU way. Yeah, that's yeah. all I have to no, say. No, I agree. That. And like, the identity of a mutant is so important to some of the X Men's biggest antagonists and villains that yeah. like it it would do them a disservice to For have sure. a mutant identity be something only six months old. Yeah. That's a really uh, good point. Yeah. Like you think of like Apocalypse and Magneto. Right. Yeah, totally. Like the superiority of, and I mean, it's called a homo superior. Yeah. <laughs> like to, to introduce that as a concept and then have someone as like a Holocaust survivor or. Right. A, or a once one time Pharaoh all of a sudden <laughs> be like, yeah. Superiority. Yeah, this thing that I've been for six months. (laughs) (laughs) This this Um. ill-defined idea of a of a species that I guess I am now. Yeah, yeah. That 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 can't be it. But great point. Like that. This is why I'm glad I'm not a writer for Marvel because I don't (laughs) know how I would blend the two. Sure. And and even if like. So in 616, the mutant gene was introduced by the Eternals and like, mm. it was like a ticking genetic time bomb in the sure. in, in humans. Right. Because that, that was the gift they gave the humans versus creating the deviants, deviants versus right. creating the Eternals. Yep. So um, the Celestials and all that in right. prehistoric times. Yep. So even if they did that and then all of a sudden like it was set for exactly 201 million years <laughs> and next year is the 201 million and first year it, it just doesn't it doesn't yeah like that that can't be that was my first jump as soon as they announced eternals yeah, for phase uh, four, yeah. i was like oh they could do that but uh we are but we just have so we've got three full phases we have 24 movies like just look at how little people liked the shoehorn of like Captain Marvel. 
and like working her in and yeah. then within one movie they had to justify her being gone for 25 years <laughs> yeah they're gonna do that with an entire race <laughs> yeah like i i i don't envy the writers yeah i would not be surprised if we don't see mutants in the mcu until phase five six yeah. you know just like a real significant amount of time before they even you know they're going to you know it's going to happen mm. you don't need to freak out about it right right there's too much money on the table not to do it x-men bad x-men movies have big, been making money hand over fist for 20 years <laughs> lord knows what People they are, can do with a good one everyone's gonna go see the first one for sure yeah like hands down but it's funny because there's only so they, they have so in comparison to the comics they have so few heroes that they've been able to mm. dive into all of their origins yeah but like there's just too many mutants yeah but like in ultimate marvel they revealed later uh, like way later that wasp <laughs> is a mutant yeah it wasn't pin particles she is a mutant that's what gave her size shifting ability but yada, yada, yada. interesting um, huh. right and so like they had an established character and then yeah. down the line, they were like, hey, by the way, she's a mutant. After after the Ultimates and the X-Men started crossing over, they're like, wait a second, you're mm-hmm. a mutant. Because, um, like, I think, and they revealed it because, like, some genetic wave went off and, like, knocked out all the mutants. And, oh. And Janet passed out. And they were like, wait, what? And Fair. Like, Xavier or whatever was just like, yeah, she's a mutant. What the fuck? <laughs> but... <laughs> But they can't do that with the MCU roster because everyone's got an origin story, with the exception of like I guess Valkyrie, but she actually, but she's yeah. not on Earth, and she has what she's got ten seconds of visual history from fighting Hela way back when. Sure. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, I don't know, we'll see. I'm I'm very interested to see what they do if they do, or when they do mutants. Yeah. Yeah, I am preemptively excited, but I, I don't. I'm also very patient. Like they they just released a, a Fox verse X Men movie last week, or you know a year ago, whatever. Time has no meaning. It's COVID, but yeah, New Mutants just came out. I still haven't watched it. I've been meaning to. I need to do that. Oh yeah, it was the reason I started this whole reread. Do you know that New Mutants? Yeah, because oh. because you know I. Like when the Jessica Jones show was coming out, I went and I read the whole alias. the whole Alias run. Yeah. yeah, so the New Mutants movie was com- was coming out, and I was like, I want to read this, you know, Claremont Bill Sienkiewicz New Mutants run that I've heard so much, so many good things about. And I was like, all right, I'll I'll start I'll I'll, I'll start reading <laughs> X Men and spinoffs at New Mutants one and read all the way to new mutants 100 that was my goal and then it kept going god help me yeah it happens i mean god literally crossover stories is why i started reading more and more yeah other titles like it's dangerous I bought, civil, I bought civil war and there's like 15 civil war side stories yeah and they're all like issue 12 through 14 and yeah. they're like and they're like referenced in in issue eight and i was like well shit john i need the first two <laughs> volumes please <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. and you're hooked and you're fucked and here i am reading 
literally all of Marvel. <laughs> it's a slippery slope, my friend. Uh, is there anything else you want to get to this week, or should we call it here? No, I think that's it. All right. And um, thanks once again for uh, for hanging out, man. Thanks for time. Shout always out a pleasure to, talking. I to should you. I should shout out my buddy Three V. Oh he, yeah, Three uh, V. He went and started. He renewed his Marvel Unlimited subscription. Hey, us. he's yeah. uh, he's reading Hickman Fan Four right now. Hell yeah, great place to start. So and then Hickman that. Avengers. Oh my gosh. Then Hickman. I'm so, oh, I'm so happy. That reminds. I want to shout out um, my local comic shop, Anyone Comics, up in Crown Heights in Brooklyn. They just had their four year uh, anniversary, four years in business, Ooh. and. Uh, I took advantage of the sale and I picked up. <gasps> so I'm ready. I'm ready to go, man. Whenever, Excellent. Dude, whenever so, you so... are donning on some X, I will also be donning on some X. I'm so curious if it's better to read Dawn of X's or the individual titles. I'm guessing no. Uh, maybe you should read like the first Dawn of X uh, book. And if you hate it, start reading individual titles. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows? It's just like, yeah, I don't know. Because yeah. that's not how I would have approached New 52. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if I was if I was reading DC. Right. But because like I was looking like because like Dawn of X volume 10 has like cable issue one, X-Men issue eight, because it's mm-hmm. like whatever came out at that same time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, we're gonna get there. Um, I think by the end of this month. Um awesome. We're there in the next couple of weeks. Stoked. Anywho. All right. That'll do it. I don't for... have natural yet. <laughs> uh, well, then that'll do it for hype is my superpower for the week. Everybody be good to each other. Be good to people you know, people you don't know, people in between. Stay classy. All right. <laughs> Outro music. You want to cue it? Outro music here. <laughs> Later, Will. I right, dude.